Hello, ghostly listeners. You've got Jake here from Ghostly Activities, of course, as well as my co-ghostess with the mostest, June Nixon. Hello. It's so <laughs> wonderful to be here. <laughs> wonderful I, to be here today. Yes, and you had an amazing holiday, Christmas, Boxing Day. Oh, yes, yes. It was a lot of fun, and I'm still kind of recovering from it, but I think, you know, I think I'm doing good now. It was the spiked eggnog, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Oh, my. And the fireball whiskey. I oh. got a huge, huge plastic candy cane filled with little bottles of fireball. Ooh, that sounds amazing. Yes. So now I'm thinking, what can I put this in? <laughs> Is it good in tea? Is it good in coffee? <laughs> I was going to say, Is you put good... it in a cup. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On today's episode, we'll be talking about paranormal case manager duties which is a very critical role on any ghost hunting team not every team has one well usually teams have one but it's merged with something else that someone's doing but june if you would could you fill folks in on what exactly a case manager does well a case manager usually takes phone calls or emails about cases or that a ghost may or may not take um, they take down all of their information. If they sound legit, then set up a walkthrough. Then after the walkthrough, the team that was there um, kind of discuss it and see if they really need an investigation or not. Then um, we set that up. And uh, usually the case manager will get in touch with a lead investigator a lead investigator and give them all the information and then the lead investigator takes over. Um, right now I'm both the case manager and the lead investigator in most uh, cases. Now when it comes to getting these leads, I mean, how, how do people just say, I think I got a ghost. I need help. Like how do the leads come in? <laughs> Well, a lot of times, you know, they'll be searching on the internet for, um, you know, ghost hunting teams, paranormal investigation teams. So they usually search on the internet. Um, then <clears throat> people call our ghost phone number, um, which is 253-203-4383. Um, or they email us through our website, which is a ghost.org. Just, you know, putting that out there. Um, or they run across one of our cards with our email address and phone number on it. So that's kind of basically how they kind of get the basic information. Or there's word of mouth. Um, you know, sometimes they'll be doing a, a ghost tour at Spooked in Seattle. And then they're like, hey, by the way, my house, you know, is, is haunted. I really would love to have somebody there. And then, you know, uh, we get their phone number and call them back and just kind of try to set up the walkthrough is kind of the first step in that okay and then do you do you do any pre-qualification of the lead before you do the walkthrough because the walkthrough has its own series of questions and stuff like that but do you you know pre-qualify so sniff out the bullshit before you give well the main thing is you know um i let them tell their stories first uh, so if they call and all of a sudden start saying, um, which did happen, a woman called and started telling me about, um, that she came up to her daughter's room and all of a sudden she looked and this rocking chair was rocking by itself. And she goes, you know, honey, who are you talking to? And she was like, my friend Jody. 
And she's like, Jody. And then uh, all of a sudden she looks out the window and there was these two red eyes staring back at her, you know, from outside the window. And I was just like, hmm, this sounds a lot like Amityville horror, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And, um, and it is really fortunate, though, that I listen to a lot of, of old scary movies because there, every once in a while, I will have people call me and give me a total step-by-step scene of something from a movie that I, you know, I'm just like, uh, no, that was Trolls too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you get a lot of par- the paranormal activity stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it's just, it's really something because I'm like, well, you know, um, so, you know, tell me it's bad because, you know, if they really are sincere, are they having mental you know, difficulties in discerning, you know, reality from, you know, non-reality? I mean, you know, are they having this trouble? And then you have to think, hmm, you know, should I set up a walkthrough and just kind of see, mm-hmm. um, you know, and um yeah, that, that is the first step is to kind of go, you know, I always consider myself, you know, the, like the lead investigator has to do the walkthrough first with just a couple other people. But um, and you kind of scope out things first before you send, you know, the team in, especially at night. Mm-hmm. So you usually try to do the walkthrough in the daytime and you just want to kind of scope things out and just say, hmm. you know, is this going to be safe for the team? Or, you, mm-hmm. you know, you want to go there in the daytime and say, are you going to murder me? (laughs) I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, let's, (laughs) let's get, let's get specific here. So with these red flags, let's just, let's take it from a couple different scenarios, phone red flags. We know about rehashing horror movies. Then you've got coming up to the property red flags. And then we've got stuff for, for the walkthrough. I can even throw another thing for the the phone red flags um you know when you're talking to someone and all of a sudden you know they start screaming in hysterics that there was a ghost standing beside them and things like this or and sometimes you can tell if a person is mentally you know ill when they are talking to you on the phone um Mm -hmm. you know especially when they tell you they have covered every everything in their house with tinfoil um oh yeah that's a good sign (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, because that, they think that will keep the ghost out. And you're just like, oh, my. Oh, or the woman that told me that um, the ghost of Jesus was coming to her um, every night and trying to stab her with a um, steel, you know, steel rod. That doesn't sound and, like Jesus. <laughs> no, no. He was trying to stab her because she killed her neighbor's cat a couple of years ago. So this has been going on for almost two years, and she would like us to come out and see if we can reason with Jesus to stop trying to stab her with a spear, basically. I, I, I think I, it was a spear. I would say Jesus yeah. would just kind of like snap his fingers, and that would be the <laughs> end of us. So one does well, not you know, negotiate yes. with Jesus. <laughs> well, I would just, you know, I asked her if she went to church, and um, she said, well, you know, I don't do it too much. And I said, well, you know, I think this would be a really good thing to talk over with the clergy because they have the authority to say, you know, I think you need a little extra help, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, but anyway, I just have to say that with the phone, you can really discern a lot of, Mm -hmm. you can, you know, just say, okay, yeah, well, you know, we are so busy right now. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to get to you for at least, you know, 
four or five months. But in between those times, so here is a journal that you can fill out with anything that happens. And if you're still interested after, you know, four months, <laughs> um, try to call us again and we'll see, you know, then usually they give up. Um, mm -hmm. If not, then it's just like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, yeah, but when red red flags say as yes. you're pulling up to the property now. Oh, yes. And this has happened to us, too, where we've <laughs> been to this one property and they neglected to tell us that there was like this whole commune living um, around the property with tents and RVs and farm equipment everywhere. I mean, talking sharp, rusty you know, blades and things like that sticking, you know, by the sidewalks and you go okay. in the house and there's farm equipment in there. Oh, and wow. Like, yeah, it's a little scary, but yeah, that uh, definitely sounds Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yes, and it was a turn. Exactly. It's like, well, look at the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, I think a lot of red flags for investigations, um, when you start hearing terms like um, my husband or wife doesn't want this. And, mm. you know, there's like some conflict there. My husband or wife does not believe this is going on. Um, that's kind of a red flag for us because we don't want to be in <clears throat> some sort of domestic, um, you know, dispute when we get there. And they're starting to yell, which has happened, mm -hmm. um, that the husband or wife does not want us there which makes us a little, you know, nervous. Um, also, if we go in and they're like, oh, I love ghost adventures. <laughs> you know, it's yes. like, mm, that's a little red flag. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, when it comes to the red flags, it, and with the, there's a lot of ghost media out there nowadays, so people are uh -huh. more familiar with the terms. But to me, when people start saying other, like not using ghost, but specter, entity, phantom means mm -hmm. they might have absorbed too much pop culture ghost right. media and it might be because i had that i had a case like that where they just wanted to see ghost hunters like mm -hmm. at work yeah <laughs> and let's and let's invite our whole family over so they can watch the ghost hunters at work mm -hmm. yes we've had that too um, yes, believe me, it's just like, I'm sorry, but we need to have as less people here as possible. Um, mm -hmm. you know, um, also too, uh, if we hear, you know, well, I've contacted the media about this and it's like, oh, oh, hmm, oh. you have. And so, you know, it's just like, yeah, our, is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, when I've had that experience, it hasn't been a private residence. Uh -huh. It's either a business or like a nonprofit museum, something like that. And they're just looking for a little extra publicity, you know, because it's good for business. I usually don't get that with private residences too much. So. Yeah. Residentials, it's a it's a whole different thing. It's like, you know, if a person is contacting the media, that usually means they want to be on one of the ghost shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, one of those things. Or um, <clears throat> if they send us a picture of the alleged ghost, you know, in quotes, and you know for sure that it's a ghost app picture. Mm -hmm. You know, there are so many ghost apps out there that can put a nice little specter in your picture and you can send it off. And thankfully, I try to get as many of those as possible so I can see all the different ghosts. 
I was just going to say uh, another thing though, too, is when we receive about, um, you know, 20 pictures of orbs or visual matrixing where they are seeing something and you can, you can't see it. Um, that can be a red flag that the people want attention or just really want it to be true. Um, so bad that they are just sending us, you know, these things and like want you to see what they're seeing. And you're like, I'm sorry, you know, you even tried to tell them that the lens flare from the lights or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. Now, still on the red flag area uh, topic, um, I do this. I, I have a safe word if it's something we need to get out. And that is I need new batteries. Yeah, that's that's really a good one. It's probably better than bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, um, I need some bananas from the store. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Let's leave. Yeah, it's like I have to get some batteries no. from the car, which yeah. is the code word for shit's not right. We gotta go. Yeah, we gotta. <laughs> we have to leave because it happens. Um, you, you, yeah, it, you know, I only do it in the cases of mental illness. Mm -hmm. um, yes, or because sometimes you can get robbed and i've had scary situations i'm from chicago originally guys so i it hasn't happened out here in the pacific northwest nor when i lived in la but in chicago there was a couple of cases we needed to skedaddle um because we were fearing for our safety and that was i have to get some batteries out of my car which means you hop right in and you go <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't need to go back. Oh, you don't need. Yep. We, Not even a sorry. We were out of batteries in the car. We're leaving. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But that's usually a private residence thing, and right, a um, private residence. And sometimes, or like some like a neighbor shooting a gun. Oh yeah, that was. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, that no. was a that was a Jake and I investigation where we were on together, and uh, the neighbor decided right next door, and we're not talking like down the lane. And we were like, should we walk out to our car? Are we going to get shot at? Yeah. It's like, we need to skedaddle, so we got to get to the car somehow. And maybe if they see that we are leaving, it would be cool. Because we weren't even loud. I mean, it's a ghost hunt. You're not like right. <laughs> playing, exactly. you're not playing death metal, okay? <laughs> Leonard Skinner at full blast. And, mm -hmm. you know. But that was a yeah, yeah skedaddle. Um, but it's always important to have your safe word, your exit yes. strategy for any investigation, though. I don't even care uh -huh. if you're going to the museum or the local library. You have to have uh, you have to have an exit strategy. Exactly. Because you never know. You know, it's like even when you're in the museum or the library, so some you know weirdo can be coming up and, you know. Yeah, you mm -hmm. just never know. Yep, and it's always the living. Involved. You never have to worry about the dead, even with yeah. the dark demonic entities. No, it's going to yeah. be the junkie that mm -hmm. snuck into the bathroom at the library, yeah. or and uh, gets a fixation on you. Yes, yeah. or you know the crazy old neighbor with an mm -hmm. uh, AR-15. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's like oh crap. You have to be ready for <laughs> those scary. things, because I will say. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, when you investigate in the city, I'm never too worried about investigating in the city. Yeah. When I go out mm -hmm. to really remote areas, <laughs> the rural, that's rural area. when yeah. mm -hmm. I worry. Because for one thing, like we live in, in Washington, we've got a whole lot of critters yep. <laughs> that aren't afraid of people. <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> exactly. 
And Did I ever tell you about the time that um, we were out at Concrete, Washington? I think it was Concrete, Washington. And um, we left a recorder down in one of the, it, it's kind of a place that has a lot of ruins, um, everything in these old buildings. And we went down um, to the bottom level and it's, the front is completely gone. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a cave now. Okay. So we left a recorder down there just to see if, you know, get anything down that way. And it's in the woods, too, <clears throat> I should point out. And um, I was listening to the uh, the footage, the audio footage. I was listening to it. And um, all of a sudden, I start hearing, <laughs> and realize, that's a bear no <laughs> we were you know you start hearing more of it <laughs> you're just like oh my god was it we're a black bear or because we got grizzlies here <laughs> yeah, i have no idea but it sound, it was a bear and okay. i was like listening to it going oh my god we got <laughs> we're to... just walking around there let's just put this down here <laughs> <laughs> so it was probably like maybe a bear den <laughs> you know no <laughs> true True. So the 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 thing here is always put your safety first. Yes, um, always. If something doesn't smell right, it's not right. Yep. Have Listen an exit strategy. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to that gut feeling. If yep. you feel that you feel a little nervous, you, I can't tell you how many times that has bit me in the butt that I have not listened to that feeling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how I got married. You know. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding but anyway <laughs> well <laughs> uh let's let's move on from that i think we've hit red yeah. flags quite a bit <laughs> yes and so let's just talk about scheduling tips because okay. it's kind of painful to, to like line these up because you've got to deal with the potential client and then you got to line up investigators right, so right. What, what's some good advice for scheduling well, I always try to go with the client schedule first. Um, that, that's like the most important. And hopefully we'll have investigators available. There have been times that we have hit some times where nobody was available. And I'm not, I have to go back to them and say, I'm really sorry, but we can't get you, you know, Saturday night, but we could Friday night work or something like that. But one thing you have to remember is when you schedule an investigation, when you schedule an investigation, you want to do it when the activity usually happens. So if the activity is 10 o'clock in the morning, you want to schedule, you know, you want to schedule it at that time. You don't want to say, well, the activity is at 10 o'clock in the morning, but let's schedule it at nine o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and um, I mean, I think that's really important too. You know, you just got to find out when it usually happens. Um, and um, also don't tell the client an ending time. Um, you might be getting a lot of activity around the time you all tell them that you're going to, you're going to end. And then the client kind of gets a little irritated with you and things like that. So if you just tell them that it's usually around, you know, four to eight hours, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of give you a broad spectrum. Um, a lot of times, you know, we end after four hours. Um, and it's, that's usually a minimum of amount of time, you know, we'll maybe start at seven and, uh, you know, end of, you know, I mean, it just, so, but that's yeah. for, that's for the investigation proper, not necessarily yes, yes, the walkthrough. Yes. Exactly. No, the walkthrough we usually always schedule 
Um, usually we always try to schedule it in the daytime when there's some light. Um, it's kind of hard to do that in the wintertime a lot of times, but you want to get a good feel of the property. You want to take lots of pictures um, or video too. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I think that's really important just to kind of see what everything looks like, if it's, uh, you know, what the area is like. Um, but the walkthrough, yeah, we usually do, or, you know, sometimes on a week, a weeknight and it usually lasts for an hour or two at the most. Um, and, uh, I try to schedule actually walkthroughs on a Saturday or Sunday morning, a lot morning ish, mm-hmm. you know, around 11, 1130 or sometimes noon or one. Okay. But, um, I like to do it then just like I said, just so I can see the whole layout layout of everything and just to make sure, you know, because in the day of the daytime, proper, you know, things look a lot different in the daytime than they do at night. So, mm-hmm. but, True. but most of our investigations are at night. Um, just, you know, it's saying. Yeah. And so. it's convenience too. Yes. <clears throat> convenience is a big thing too. Cause a lot of us in the, in the group work, um, work, you know, and, and have like Monday through Friday jobs. <clears throat> so, you know, a lot of times we'll, you know, schedule, you know, things on Friday and Saturday nights. And there are exceptions to that though. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, especially at this time of the year with it being the holidays, people take the time off. So it's easier to get in, but on the subject of walkthroughs, a ghost has this wonderful form. So let's just talk about the importance of walkthrough questions. For a walkthrough, we just kind of take um, all basic measurements when we get there. But um, when I first get there, I usually kind of sit them down, make them feel at ease because they are really nervous. Usually a lot of times they're having strangers in their home. <laughs> um, and also strangers that, you know, are ghost hunting. It's even, a, you know, are these people really weirdos? Uh, you know, um, but um, I kind of sit down with all of our questions. We have about three pages of questions, I'd say. Um, and... And this is where we kind of test them for inconsistencies, too, because some of our questions are worded to where, um, you know, different ways. And so we'll just see how they answer each each of the questions and things like that. But uh, we kind of ask them, you know, if they're on any medications, is there mental illness in the family? And uh, that's another thing we do when we ask these questions in writing Um our investigators are going through taking the basic readings like electromagnetic field readings, um, carbon monoxide readings, um, temperature readings, just, just kind of getting a basic line on what it usually is. But sometimes that when we do a walkthrough, it could turn into a little investigation. Um, because we might be getting some really strange readings. It's like, where is this coming from? What's, you know, why did all of a sudden the electromagnetic field detector, you know, shoot up to, you know, 160 in this one area and now it's completely gone. And then we're getting these hits, and, you know, somebody felt like they got their hair pulled, you know, it's like, okay. Cause we're not going to all of a sudden, if this stuff is happening, we're not going to all of a sudden say, um, well, we'll just stop here and then we'll come back for the investigation. I'm sure the stuff will still be going on. Um, because, you know, like I said, it could turn into an investigation. Um, we had a walkthrough one time where all of a sudden we got a lot of EVPs at this walkthrough. And then at the investigation, we got absolutely nothing. Um, 
So, you know, yeah. like I said, when you when when something happens, you want to take that opportunity and not just say, oh, we'll, we'll finish it up when we go into the investigation. Yeah. And a lot of times I find when you have activity during the walkthrough, which is usually done during the day, is it goes along with what we said earlier. That's when the ghosts are active. Yeah. And not at night because a lot of ghosts, I would say more so with residual type hauntings. Mm -hmm. uh, they happen at the time when the ghost was alive. And so right. you got clanging in the kitchen at lunchtime and you know that it used to be a like bed and breakfast something back in the day. Mm -hmm. I don't know why you would investigate it night because everyone would have been asleep. Uh, so next up is let's just talk about the team going to investigate. What is there a good rule of thumb for how many investigators to take? Well, um, for a walkthrough, I usually it's really nice to have about four investigators actually for a walkthrough. Um, two is the minimum. You never go through a walkthrough alone. That is a big, big no, no. <laughs> I can honestly say you should always have one other person with you for safety reasons and, you know, just for credibility reasons. So if something else does happen, they're a witness to it. Um, but, um, I like to have four people with me on walkthroughs. I like to have one person sitting with me when I'm asking all the questions and things like that to, because I set out a mel meter or, you know, some kind of tri-field meter, um, and some other instruments around me. And, but I don't pay attention to those instruments because I'm focused on the client when I'm asking the questions. And so I like somebody to sit with me and like, watch everything around me, watch their facial expressions, watch, you know, see if the cats do, I mean, you know, to see if the animals, you know, I like them to kind of observe everything, make sure they watch the EMF detectors or their carbon, you know, I won't have the carbon monoxide detector out, but I'm just talking any other instruments that I have out while I'm asking them questions. I really like that. So, but the other two, I'd like to at least have one person that's kind of drawing a map of the house um, and where kind of the hot spots are, where the activity is. Um, I mean, you don't know that yet, but they're mapping out the place when they're going through. And um, then the other person taking the basic readings of, you know, the electromagnetic field. And, you know, we do like to take carbon monoxide. And sometimes we'll even use the ion meter just to kind of see if it's like high electricity content in the house. So, you know, um, a lot of times, too, it's like you have the EMF reading, you're going through um, the house, and then all of a sudden, it's like, you may go walk into a room that has, I mean, this is what happened to with a walkthrough we had about three or four weeks ago, um, went into the bedroom, and this is where she's seeing most of the activity, and the EMF meter was off the charts, and any, anything, the whole room was just a big EMF fear cage. <laughs> Everything, um, but because they had fluorescent lights up above, they had bad wiring, they were doing a lot of construction. And so she is actually seeing and having really um, paranoid feelings in there. She's getting jumpy, she's getting bad headaches, the whole gamut. And we're just like, hey... 
you really need to do something about this because it's not healthy, you know, and that's probably why you're getting all these, you're feeling like you're seeing all these things and, and, um, you know, so at least they have a, you know, a good, you know, second opinion, I guess, basically to say, Hey, you really need to do something about this fast because those fluorescent lights have got to go because they are putting off EMF even when they're not on. Hmm. So yeah, it was, it was crazy. So you're like, of course you're getting, you know, you're feeling unease and you're feeling, but nowhere else in the house. So for me, I prefer to have the walkthrough questionnaire filled out in advance. Yeah. Oh, sometimes I do do that. Um, but, and then kind of go over the questions with them mm-hmm. when you get there, because, um, yeah, it, but sometimes it just gives them a little too much time to think about the questions and it's just kind of good to just to kind of get it on the fly I guess basically mm-hmm. for me I mean you know everybody's different but there are sometimes I will have them fill that out first especially if we are going to be driving a little distance I want them to have it filled out I want them to fill it out and send it back to me mm-hmm. um, just so I can look at everything first yeah but, and the other thing is I don't like to do a walkthrough and then go into immediate investigation. I get it if stuff's happening while you're doing the walkthrough. Cool. But I don't like to do a walkthrough and an investigation back-to-back. Sometimes you have to because of the remoteness of the location. Right, right. Um, But that's another thing I prefer not to do. Yeah, I mean, if we are driving, you know, like, say, 50 to 100 miles, I really, sometimes I will you know, try to get there really early and do a walkthrough. Um, if we are doing something like that, I always have them send me pictures of the place and the surrounding areas just to make sure we're not walking into, you know, um, something a little scary, basically. But uh, And I've talked to them usually at that point on the phone quite a bit. And hopefully, you know, I'm a semi-good judge of character, which always bites me in the butt, too, sometimes. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm kind of, yeah, it's, it's a distance thing, um, too, but, uh, you know, there are some times, even if it is a distance, I'll just do a walkthrough first, just to kind of see what we have Mm -hmm. and then see what we can set up with, you know, more people on the team. Okay. But yeah. So now we're getting to the near final stage, which is lining things up for the investigation. So at what point... Do you go through the questions and every all the data collected from the walkthrough to decide if there will, in fact, be the full-blown investigation? Right. Well, that, that is one thing that I really, this is one thing I really try to do quickly, um, as soon as the walkthrough is over, to try to listen, because I do record everything and I video everything. So I try to record it because there are sometimes when you're going through the questions with somebody and you might hear another voice, you know, answering some of these questions too, um, which is amazing and very cool. Uh, but I try to go through everything and try to do it as quickly as possible. And then I'll say, okay, yeah, I think this would be great to do an investigation here. 
Um, and I talk it over with the teammates that were with me on the walkthrough and say, okay, what do you guys think? Do you think this warrants an investigation? Well, like I said, the, the last walkthrough that we did do, we found out that the EMF was so high and that was the only place that she was having activity. We were like, yeah, I don't think this really warrants an investigation. This warrants them fixing the problem or they're going to, it's going to get worse. Um, so, you know, we just discussed it and was like, yeah, I don't think that that's a, you know, we really need to. But, um, but yeah, we make sure everybody gets through and we go through everything first, you know, of course, before we set up the investigation, um, just to make sure. But, you know, we, we usually within, you know, the week, of course, um, and then we get back to them and just kind of set it up. Okay. Now. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, when it comes to the investigation, I, I, and I think this depends on the team size, really. Does the case manager actively investigate or do they keep some kind of distance from the investigation? Well, in this case, <laughs> with me being the case manager and the lead investigator, um, I do investigate, but, um, you know, it's, I have no psychic ability. Um, you know, I, I think it's hilarious when I hear teams who have a so-called psychic on their team and find out that they are the lead investigator or the case manager. They're the one that gets all the information. So, I'm, I mean, excuse me if all of a sudden they say they're the psychic of the team and they're like, I feel like I'm hearing the word Edward. And you're like, well, of course you know that it's Edward because you have all the information, you know, about the the house and about the, you know, the building or something. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I don't, I'm definitely not a psychic. I'm psychic as a turnip. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it's... Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I have no no problem okay. with investigating and setting things up. Yeah, so generally, this is more so back in Chicago than when I came out west. But in general, I kept them separate because I liked having um, a more objective source for dealing with the client mm -hmm. than uh, with an investigator. Uh, right. I, I just like, it, it's like a quality assurance <laughs> check almost for well, everything. But I know not of, every team can do it, though. Right. Well, it's one of those things, too, where I never tell anybody anything about the case. And uh, even if they, you know, did ask me questions, I wouldn't tell them until we've gone through it the house or the business uh, first and then we after we investigate a little bit then we usually have the owners kind of sit down with everybody and tell the story uh, stories of what they think is going on um, and everything when it comes to I think one person that does need to know uh, more details about the case up front I would say it's the tech manager because they've got to lug all the gear and you need to have the right gear and you have to know which experiments will be run. So you have the right data collection. That should be, I think, a little more prominent. I really do. I think that that should be something that, you know, or the lead investigator needs to tell them. Um, it's like, okay, we're going to need a lot more audio for this case because, you know, mm -hmm. 
that's going to be the big thing right there. And most of it needs to be set up in the master bedroom Mm -hmm. or um, whether we're going to have a lot. We need a lot more audio in these two rooms. You know, that needs Mm -hmm. to be done, I think, a lot more. When it comes to like hybrid roles, I'm totally into the case manager being the research manager. Uh, because then you get you get the witness accounts and you can go through and see how that jives with what you're pulling up from the archives or from other research. So I think those two are perfect to go together. Tech manager needs to know some, but I am on the side of I like the investigators not to know so much about the location. Though, you know, once they know the street address, they can Google yeah. it. <laughs> well, see, see, that's why when we have an investigation, um, we don't tell anybody anything. Um, and we meet someplace to where they, you know, it's pretty close to the house, but they don't know the house. And then we usually have everybody follow us over there. So it's one of those things where um, they really don't have time to Google anything or any of the information. So we try not, we try to make them go in blind, as blind as possible, and especially, like I said, the people that consider themselves a little more sensitive. Mm-hmm. We want them to have, you know, for credibility reasons, we want them to say, all of a sudden they say, you know, I feel like this was on the side of, a, you know, an old Indian burial ground. And I'm like, sure enough, this used to be, you know, the Duwamish tribes, you know, stomping ground at one time. I don't know if it was a burial ground, but, you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you know, things like that. It's like we just want to make sure that they have as less information as possible. Correct. And, uh, you know, so definitely. Now, this next topic is a bit of a we we could debate the subject quite a bit Um, because I have very firm beliefs on this one is who writes the client's final report? Is it the case manager or is it the lead investigator? Well, <clears throat> technically, I believe it should be the lead investigator um, because they were there. Yeah, they were there and they went through everything. Um, and yeah, technically, I do believe it should be the lead investigator. The case manager should just be getting all the information mm-hmm. and giving it to the lead investigator. Yeah, but when it comes to... Like if you're watching the shows, the reveal, but the delivery of the report, I always think case manager and lead investigator should go over the findings with the client. Um, mm-hmm. and, and occasionally, depending on what happens, if you've got an evidence analyst, I like to have investigators that are skilled in audio or video or imagery, um, you know, to bring them. Like if you get a lot of video evidence, it's always good to have the person that did the video cut the video and stuff mm-hmm. to explain what's going on or showcase it because the lead investigator may not have recorded the video. You know what I'm saying? That's true. That's so true. I, I do like somewhat specialized roles within a team. Yes, that would be nice. But, you know, not everyone is good with audacity. Not everyone, you know, has, has the software for all this cutting you have to do. Um, right. And we could get into that in a later episode because I plan on covering all the roles in a ghost hunting team, except for demonologists, because <laughs> nice. that's bullshit. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, June, in your opinion, though, what it, what are the best qualities for someone who wants to be a case manager? 
Well, I think uh, one of the most important things is a case manager should have really good communication skills. They should um, get right on it and email the client, call the client, always keep them updated, the progress of, you know, what's going on. Um, and I, you know, think that they should have really good listening skills because they're the ones, the first contact of the client's um, people skills you know, basically, you know, you, you're personable with people and make them feel at ease and, and make them feel comfortable. So I think that's, to me, it's the most important people mm-hmm. skills. And on top of that, I would add in hyper organization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. And follow through and a bit of project management because you got to get the other team members to like hand over the evidence, yeah. you know, because it's about the evidence, evidence, client wants the evidence unless there is no evidence then you say there's no evidence but okay yep (laughs) which has happened quite a bit yeah that happens more than you think um Mm -hmm. unlike on the ghosty shows where every place is haunted by a demon uh that that's like one in a thousand cases i'd say exactly but uh this brings us to the end of this week's episode june if someone was interested in joining up with a ghost what can they do well i think the most important thing is for them to go to our website which is a ghost.org and there they can get a lot of information about the group and kind of see some of our past cases and uh there's also a contact form in there that they can just contact me and since we're on the subject of case managers, does a ghost offer any specific training for someone that would like to be a case manager? They can just ask me. And that's <laughs> at yes. a ghost June VP at gmail.com. I'll put a link to it in the show Thank notes. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Any, if they want to, if they're interested, just say, Hey, I really would like to, you know, think about this. So, mm-hmm. cause believe me, we can always use case managers. Yes, that would be really nice, actually. Evidence analysts and case managers. Yes. Yes. That would be very nice. (laughs) And for next week's episode, we're going to do a haunted location one. And that's going to be the Fox Theater in Centralia, Washington. We got so much evidence. 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 Okay, guys. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Uh, Happy New Year. And take care. Bye.